Welcome back to Comeback. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and today I am delighted to welcome my guest, Holly Younglove, to discuss sound healing, life in Vietnam, and more. How are you, Holly? I'm great. Hi, Connor. Thank you for having me on your podcast, and thank you for coming over to my lovely home. Yeah, I was very impressed when I walked in. I must admit, from the top to the bottom to the outside bit to the plants to everything, I can't believe this gem exists. To be honest with you, I know. Like you have like completely smashed it living here. Have you, <laughs> have you been here as soon as you arrived in Saigon? Was no, this your initial home? I've just been here a year. So right, okay. during the second lockdown. Um, I found this place on May 15th, so right before lockdown came, yeah, I was here, so I got to enjoy the pool, so I kind of enjoyed lockdown. I was, I was about to ask you that question, yeah. Yeah, uh, lockdown for me was a beautiful retreat. I mean, i very privileged to say that, because I know for a lot of people in Vietnam, it was very, very hard. Very, very hard. Um, but for me, the extrovert that I am... It was an adjustment at first, but then I realized how much I just enjoy my own time with yeah, Holly. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. This might be like a tricky one to start with because usually I ask about the background and how they got up to the place they are now and we go into it, but I'm going to ask about Holly specifically. You like being with Holly? Who is Holly? Oh, she, okay. I know Who that's a deep one Holly? to begin, yeah. Yeah. Good question. Let me... Uh, she is a complex creature. Um, she wears many different masks, right? Um, who is Holly? She is somebody who is figuring out life day by day. You know, sometimes I have to show up as this physical education fairy, right? I, I work with little kids and then the next she has to show up as this sound healing fairy guiding people through their own journey of healing. And then she has to be a daughter and a sister and a friend. So who is Holly? Um, yeah, she has good days, bad days. But for the most part, I think that she is really, really grateful to be here in Vietnam and just to be alive honestly absolutely yeah yeah do you think it's okay to play like different roles quote unquote because you are say a daughter a friend a teacher is it okay to have different personalities for different roles in your life i yeah i think you have to i mean we were just talking about professionalism and how mm. hard it is for me to not be my true self but who is my true self i think at the basis of that it's our like core values of who we are as a human being I think if you were to ask my closest friends about me, they would say that I'm hilarious. No, but they would say that I'm kind, um, that I'm very giving and loving. I mean, my last name is Young Love. Yeah, I for try sure. to emanate There's that. A there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I it's not toxic positivity. Just I am really just happy all the time. But that wasn't always the case. I had a pretty wild childhood. And I think because of that, I'm able to really appreciate where I'm at now. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And that leads me into the next part, which is just about your background and upbringing. You mentioned wild childhood. Now, you can disclose what you wish. What was yeah. your childhood like? like? How could you describe it to me? Um, I think it was a little bit challenging. Both of my parents have been married three times each. Wow. 
Yeah, so it was, you know, just adjusting to different adults in your life and different experiences. But, you know, I can say now that my parents are really happy in the marriages that they're in. My family is loving and caring um, and there for me. So I'm really grateful for that. But I think as a young child, we don't understand how to rationalize all of that growing up. Um, so I'll leave it at that. But it was hard. Right. Okay. It was hard. And, um, you know, I think in my 10 years abroad where I got to step outside of the bubble of America and my family, I kind of got to uh, see things from, from a different viewpoint and heal and be away from all of that and really dig deeper into who I am. Right. I see. Right. Yeah. And that's nicely alluding to the healing part. When you mentioned that you help people with healing obviously to like supposed to do that you will have to have done some healing yourself can you tell me more about the sort of healing you did perhaps oh, in your early years fuck yeah um yeah i did a lot of uh talk therapy and I, I realized that didn't work so um then i realized wow i've been doing therapy my whole life as an athlete i was a runner uh, okay yeah i was yeah. cross country and track and field and i was a hardcore athlete as well in college and um, I did my own therapy through running away from my problems a lot, you know. And then also, I think like every young 20-something, you know, a lot of alcohol and other things um, to kind of escape the feelings. And then I think you get to a point where you're like, there's got to be something else other than just numbing the pain, right? So um, when I moved to India... Uh, it was the first time that I could actually save money. You know, public school in New York City, wild and fun. And then I had the opportunity to move to India and I kind of got to slow down. And I could afford beautiful sound bowls and instruments and trainings and just enjoy life at a level that I didn't think I would ever be able to. Right, I see. How did you end up moving to India? What? made that happen yeah uh, my time in New York City I could feel like I needed to do something else and uh, one of my really good friends who's actually here was like go teach abroad and I was like what this is in 2013 2012 okay so not quite as common as it is now but still yeah. yeah and I did my whole interview on Skype and at that time I didn't even know how to use Skype I'm pretty slow in the technology area and um, I got hired off two interviews. And I was like, I'm moving to India. Where is Chennai? What? And then I got there and I loved it. So it's to be two years and now I'm starting 10 years in July. Wow, that's yeah. extraordinary. Like, I think we were discussing this off air. Nobody plans on being abroad as long as they actually do. I think I was the same six months and you were possibly the same two years max and then something yeah. draws you in, doesn't it? Yeah. I think maybe, do you think it is the concept of being an expat and having those kind of privileges that you are afforded? It's that, but then I also think we just love, I don't know, me in particular, I love learning about each culture. I mean, I have India, then I have Taiwan, and then now here. And then I've traveled a bunch to the Middle East, to Africa. So I love learning about different countries and their culture. And yes, there's privilege to being a white female. And yeah, where sure. I can go and people are like ah you have blonde hair and blue eyes <laughs> come here right um, and I'm educated right so uh, I love it 
and I I meet people with the American dream, right? Mm. And I'm always like, but it's easier living here. But I understand if you've never lived in America and what you see on TV and in the movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can I ask you about New York? Because all I all I know of New York is the movies and the TV. Is it similar? It is the best city in the world. It is raw. The people are real. You have everything. It's a melting pot of every country. I mean, America is just, it's built off immigrants, mm. right? All immigrants came to America. Uh, the Irish yeah, in New York City, huge, yeah. right? So New York City has everything. The people are real. Here in this culture, in Asian culture, it's like save face, right? In New York, we just tell it how it is. So sometimes people say to me like, whew, you're a little too much, young love. Ah, what do you want me to do? I feel like I should just be truthful with you so we can not have to swim through bullshit and just yeah. arrive to where we both are. Yeah, I know And you that's mean, New York, yeah. but the music, the live music, the art, the culture, the people, the celebrations, the festivals. New York is, there's no city like it. And I've been around. Yeah, for sure. You have to go. I definitely want to. Yeah, I watched Home Alone 2, which was my first introduction. <laughs> I know, I know, like, that sounds no, cheesy. Yeah. No. I was seven years old, watched it at Christmas, and thought, that's my Christmas dream. And it, it will be, uh, yeah. One day, I'll definitely come across it. It comes across in so many different places that I go to about the appeal of New York that I feel like I have to just go at one point in my life due to that. But what my impression of it is that probably what you can concur being vibrant, chaos, chaotic, diverse huge wild and I feel like there are aspects of that in both India and Vietnam but India and Vietnam also have their peaceful side mm -hmm. and their kind of sense of serenity and just taking things at a slower pace than perhaps the West so I'm the question I have for you is how do you navigate that mix of being serene and peaceful and perhaps exploring the environment but also having that go-to attitude that might also come from New York how do you balance the two my home. Yeah, my home is my oasis, if that's going to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, there are peaceful places in New York. New York has huge parks, mm. Central Park, Prospect yeah, Park, um, Coney Island. Um, how do I balance this, the, like the, the, the chaotic of a city? Yeah, because Ho Chi Minh is... Yeah, it can be. <laughs> wow, but you yeah. know what? You just have to embrace it. Go with the flow. Like, people are like, what? You drive here on a motorbike, and I cycle here. Because I cycled in every, I mean, New York City, you have to be kind of cuckoo to cycle in New York City. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. People are hardcore, man. Yeah. You cut into their bike lane, they're going to kick your car, or people are opening up their car doors. Right. Same here. You just have to flow with it. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful where I live here in Taudian. Um, I've created a nature jungle upstairs with my garden um yeah i am um, i i've been here three years and i haven't been out much right okay i don't go out anymore um and that is just because i think i've shifted kind of uh just my lifestyle in a way believe me i can party and that happens a few times a year like when I go home to New York and California this summer, oh yeah, there's gonna be a few parties where 
a few nights we're going to be up. But for the most part here, I haven't really explored that much here. Mm. Okay. Like people talk about lighthouse yes. or Bahama Mama. Banana Mama, yeah. Banana Mama. I observe it. I've never yeah. been. Right, okay. And I love to dance. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I find that interesting because you mentioned towards the beginning that you were very extroverted. Yeah. But then like <laughs> haven't really explored the nightlife in Saigon. No. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it because you're at a different point in, I guess, your journey? Yeah, I think I am. And... Uh, I'm, I think I'm in a, a phase of my life where uh, that might be over. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm 38, mm. um, and it's like it kind of like I think when you're in your late 30s, you're like, all right, man, I'm halfway. If I like live to 80, right? And I'm like, well, what do you, what are you preparing for for the next half of your life? That's what I'm thinking about. And I'm mm. like, I really love doing sound. Um, and I'm really interested into learning more. Like I'm of that growth mindset. I think we have to be as educators. I've been a teacher for almost 15 years now. That's wild. I began around your age and, uh, I really love, I love doing sound and, uh, you can't really be hung over for it. No, (laughs) you know, you can't be tired because when I'm uh, doing these sessions with people, I have to be totally present. Yeah. Right. And uh, I don't know. I think as you also get older, um, even me having a few glasses of wine or a few beers, I feel it the next day. Even if I drink all the water and all the coconuts, there's something about just it's hot as fuck in Saigon. Yeah. So you're sure. always dehydrated. Yeah. I'm yeah. a PE teacher, so I'm always running around with the kids and I'm tired. Um, and uh, I have like a nine o'clock bedtime. Not to sound like an old grandma. <laughs> Do you stick to that religiously? Um, this is something new since the second or third lockdown. Right, okay. So almost a year now I've been trying to get to bed because I'm a night owl. Yeah, I like sure. to stay up at late and paint. I like to play music. Mm-hmm. Right, I see. I'm trying to think here about your sound healing, like where this all began because... To be honest with you, I'm fascinated with it because mm. I don't know too much about it, but even like the fact you've hit the ball three times now I'm feeling a lot more serene than I was before I entered the room for example how does it work how did you begin can you talk to me just about your sound journey yeah um I used to attend sound baths in New York City and thought it was like fascinating like whoa what is this you know um and that was back in like 2010 and then I moved to India and I was able to afford diving deeper in with a few teachers and do some trainings and afford these really expensive instruments. And um, I just kept learning and learning and practicing. And I realized this is one thing that really grounds me because I am of what I'm, I'm right brained. I'm very creative. I'm always dreaming and scheming, so I need something to like ground me to the earth or I'll fly away. So sound was that one thing and it helped me a lot with just my healing. So I thought, man, if this helps me, then I can do this and help other people. And while I'm doing it, while I'm playing these harmonious sequences, I'm also healing. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So um, I started taking clients and doing things in India. 
and just learning and kind of just like gifting sessions. I was yeah, like, just sure. let me practice on you. Let me do this. Yeah, so yeah. now almost 10 years later, right? I'm like, I have regular clients that come to my home. Um, and to go back to what does sound do? Um, so basically, we're affected by sound. When we're in the womb as little fetuses, the first uh, sense, sense, sensory organ that we develop first is our ears. So we're affected, affected by sound when we're just little tiny people growing. And um, like, think about it. When you come into my home, you feel the energy of my home, mm. right? When we go out to a club or dancing, it gets you moving, right? Yeah. Or when you walk into a room and you feel the energy of the people there, right? Like we can feel that. So I use sound as an instrument to bring people's like conscious mind down to... Uh, theta. Theta brainwave is like uh, consciousness between uh, awake and asleep. So when we're in that brainwave, I play music and then I watch what your body does. And then from there, I intuitively guide you through your own experience. So basically, I play harmonious sequences that sometimes I know, sometimes I just intuitively am like, all right, that sounds good. His body's reacting this way. And then I guide you through healing sessions. Now it's not just sound healing, it's like Reiki, it's somatic healing, it's all these other different things, breath work that, that I do with you. So I don't even know, we, we call it like a sound healing session, but it's a mixture of some crazy shit where mm. sometimes people are yelling and crying, maybe doing nothing, but um, I've never had a client leave um, feeling upset. It's generally like a calm, like mm. release. Right, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that explains it. No, I think it does. I'm just curious of what sound has helped you with specifically. Any past traumas or has it helped you release your potential? What have been the main benefits of sound for you personally? Keeps me grounded. Uh, that's a big energy meridian bowl, and I would mm. love for you to stand in it, but it, it broke at my birthday, and I'll tell uh, you how. Okay. It cracked. That's a $3,000 bowl, and it's called an energy meridian bowl, so I can sit in it and stand in it, and uh, when I was doing one of my sound trainings with Satya G, uh, I had a huge release, because what ends up happening is, think about it. I'm going to go off on a tangent. At the basis of our human body, we're just protons, electrons, neutrons. We're just atoms, right? We're just atoms compressed into this meat sack with skin and muscles and tendons. So because we're just energy vibrating, every living thing's vibrating at a certain frequency. When we are stressed, right? The stress causes what? Hypertension, high blood pressure. When the body is stressed for a long period of time, it becomes... Not, it's, it becomes in dis-ease, causing diseases. Heart, right? Mm. Everything. So when the body's at dis-ease, it, it's, it's forming different things in the body, which like ulcers. Like when people are really stressed, they get ulcers, yeah, yeah. right? All this stuff. So I'm playing sound, these certain sounds to help break it up. And you do it with your breath, you do it with intention, you do it with visualization, but that's how powerful sound is. And you would know this. Do you play music? No. Or you were at, you were just at uh, Indica. Indica. I was, yeah. Right, so when we're listening to music, it yeah. sounds good. When someone's in harmony, it sounds good. 
for sure. I'll send you something when you're done, but you've ever seen those resonant tables with sand on top of it? I have, yeah. And then they play certain frequencies? Yes. And the geometric shapes. Right, okay. That's what's happening inside your body. I see. So it's aligning. So my specialty is sound and water. And sound travels five times faster in water. So it blows your mind. You'll have to come over another time and Definitely. have a sound, a yeah, water sound session. Yeah. And so I was inside that big bowl, had a huge release, ended up spending most of my savings at that time on this big giant sound bowl. Had my birthday party in February at La Herbeniste and had a bunch of people there. And Max, he's really awesome. He uh, works there as a server. He was like, what is that? I'm like, oh my God, jump on in. And at that time, I didn't know it, but his grandpa was dying. So we hit it one or two times, hit it the third time and it cracked. And I was like, what's going on in your life, man? And he was like, it's been really hard. You know, we got a little teary and I was like, all right. So sometimes that can happen. Who knows? It could be the structure of the bowl, but we've heard of this happening when the energy of the person affects. Right, I see. Wild. How does the water mix with the sound, if I may ask you? We're talking about the sound bowl. How does the water tie in? Oh, my God. So when you're laying in sound, the water travel, uh, sound travels five times faster in water. So it's like, and because our body is made of water. Like, what are we, like 70% water? 70%, I believe. I'm a little dehydrated now, so I might be <laughs> like 60%. But think about it. So all the cells of your body are vibrating. And if anything's stuck, if you're playing a harmony that your body is reacting to, everything's coming into alignment. So if you look up here on my wall, right? So I have this beautiful medicine woman, and these are the chakras Mm. of the body. We have like hundreds of chakras, but these are the main ones, like the seven. So I have chakra bowls that are right there against the wall, and I would play them, and then I would see where your body needs a little more nourishment or sound and then we go from there and i and i can read do some energy reading of your body to tell you where you need work and then bam and then you tell me if you feel the difference or not you know um yeah it's the coolest thing ever i mean i think you can tell i'm like super excited about it absolutely right yeah it makes me want to try it to be honest with you because (laughs) i've tried also talk therapy and i've tried other kind of remedies hypnotherapy etc but I've never brought in the sound and the water and I'm always thinking hmm like um, two things that I have tried to probably a mild extent of the work you do for sound it's binaural beats they love it and for water it's cold water exposure so say 30 seconds of just completely freezing the half method yeah yeah. I mean I must admit I need to get better at that because sometimes I'm really thinking ooh this is two minutes and two minutes feels like 20 but I just go through with it and I noticed the impact that had where I just felt so much more grounded afterwards where I was about to go like to a huge gathering where I didn't know many people so there was a bit of nerves and then just went in the the cold water and came away feeling refreshed and ready for the session Yeah. yeah and the binaural beats they can really help sometimes especially when having anxiety or before going to sleep that is sound therapy that's sound. Yeah. Because, w- I mean, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory, you know, it's like <laughs> we're created of sound. Every living organism is vibrating at a certain frequency. So there's a reason why all of my plants in my home are happy. I play a lot of sound, right? Everything's vibrating at a frequency. And once you figure that out, 
that's when you take a look at your life and you're like, what is going to give back to me? So maybe that's why I'm transitioning into a different part of my life. And believe me, it's kind of hard for me sometimes because I do want to go meet up with my friends at a bar. And I still do because I can go there and not drink. But it's just different now. Mm. Right? You're like sitting there with a bunch of drunk people who are having fun and they're coming up to you saying some dumb things. And you're like, well, that's racist. And, you know, and you're just like, I don't want to judge you. I love you. But I'm going to judge the fuck out of you when you're drunk and talking nonsense. And it's hard for someone like me to just let things slide. Mm, okay. Yeah. When it's when it's not right. I know what you mean. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I've been there. I've done that. So, you know, I'm a human being. I can judge. But I don't want to. I don't, I don't, I don't need to. So... What I've created with Lou, who I think you yes, know, I have. I've interviewed is we, we're, we're doing Soulful Saturdays. Yes. We have our fourth one <clears throat> this Saturday. And uh, it's been fun. It's, it's with the intention of creating conscious community. And Lou and I share what we love. So I love doing card readings. I love uh, sharing sound. I love cooking. That's a new love. Uh, and Lou's teaching yoga. Excellent. And Lou's uh, a younger, vibrant, young Vietnamese woman from Vung Tao, and um, I want to give her exposure, um, which is leading to why I was a little late coming here. Okay. Because I want to showcase, I really want to work with the Vietnamese women here. There's some Vietnamese women who are like Viet Q who like get it, okay, and I okay. hope they're giving back to their community, but... Mm. Um, I, uh, we're doing a soulful, you're so cute. We're doing a soulful Saturday celebration. I have 21 people coming and we might have it over here, um, at my massage therapist. Her name's Heen and she has blind massage therapists that she's, she's just a kind human being and giving people a second chance. So people that are coming, it's only 250,000 to join. Uh, we get a 15-minute blind massage, a uh, personal tarot card reading from my Malaysian friend Harvin. Um, I'll be doing sound therapy, zeroism. We'll have a bunch of vegan food, healthy food. Uh, Taudian Eco Wellness. I'm buying all their kombucha and their mm. ice pops. They're a really good organization. You should definitely do a podcast. I'd love to. From yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Max and Hannah are just amazing. That would be awesome. Their story yeah. is so cool. Um, and then there is this uh, green leaf, no, golden leaf tea uh, yes. company. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna come, and we're gonna do like mix your tea. I I just want to tap in deeper into what are the other things going on. Right, I see. You know, I'm friends yeah, with yeah. people that have the wine and everything. Of course, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna make a sangria mm. at this event. Right. Okay. Um, and just hang out. Um, and just support local small businesses I'm trying to think here about like the balance concept where we've mentioned that you still like to party and go to the bar and I'm trying to think of say the two types of expats that I know one being people who go out say five times a week and I'm not judging that's just what they do mm -hmm. and others being perhaps people who are more inclined to do soulful Saturdays mm. and we'll go and what I often find is people are either one or the other well on this side it will be don't bother it say too woo woo that would be a yeah, point yeah, yeah, of course. or this side would be no no alcohol's evil and I personally I, I sit like right in the middle where I love partying I also love soulful Saturdays what's yeah. the balance and how do you navigate that you just do what you want yeah I think you try everything I just got interviewed today by some fifth graders and they were like what advice do you have for us going to middle school 
I was like, try everything. Do everything. The time we have on this planet is a blip. It is. <laughs> you know? And um, say yes. Fuck it. Just say yes. Try it. You don't like it? Then don't do it again. Or give it another try. Or um, do what you want to do. As long as you're not harming yourself or others, you learn the most when you fail and make a fool out of yourself. Those are the biggest lessons. But if we're too anxious, we're too scared, we're too worried about what other people are going to think, uh, then we, we, we won't take that leap. Um, and I think that only comes with wisdom. I mean, I do meet old souls. Um, sorry, my cat is sniffing you. <laughs> we do meet old souls in their 20s that just get it. But I also, I think that comes with age, right? Right, for sure. I have friends that are, my, one of my best friends is 76, right? And then I have friends that are younger, you know, 23, 24. I love it in between. And I have some around my age. But why not? I do still want to, I'm, I'm single right now and I still want to like go out. So I got to have those younger friends being like, young love, Yeah, yeah. leave your comfy, safe home. We know it's cool, but just come out. And that's like Nayantara. Right. I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. She's fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then I got my older friends that are like trying to be like, show me the way. And I listen to their wisdom. Why not? They've been here for a while. Exactly. Yeah. So try everything. Can you talk to me a bit more about energy specifically? Because I remember when I was younger and I heard someone talk about that person's got bad energy, etc. I used to think it was a bit, a bit daft, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. I used to think, oh, why are you talking about energy? Like, you know, I kind of used to think it was in that woo-woo category. And as I'm getting older, it's hitting me more that energy is just essential. Where you, it, you can just tell and it doesn't have to be this woo-woo kind of thing. Can you talk to me about managing your own energy and making sure that it is on point? So, for example when you go into, say, a social situation, you don't bring that bad energy with you because you could have sorted it prior. How do you manage your energy? Mm, I think the one thing I'd have to say that I'm still learning is boundaries. You have to, before you leave the home or before you go into a social situation, you have to know what your yes and no's are, kind of. I will say yes to this, but this is a definite no, I'm not going to. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny when people say they have bad energy, I, I, I try to talk to my friends or even to myself, everything that I say to my friends or clients, I need to say to myself, right? I'm a human. I'm flawed. Um, I'm going to have bad days where I'm going to tap into my inner New Yorker and fucking give someone on the road the bird and say, fuck you. Right. And then other days I'm just going to be Zen and I'll flow through traffic and just be like, yeah okay right so um no energy is good or bad it is just what it is if you want to take it from a buddhist philosophy we create our own suffering when we put things on a label as good or bad so how do i protect my energy i I know this (laughs) might sound really interesting but i pretend that i either have a golden egg surrounding me that's a meditation kind of thing or i put on this golden cloak because i have energy that a lot of people want, right? When you meet me, it's like I am a high vibrating human being. So you have to be mindful of people in your life that are energy vampires, Mm, Yeah. right? And you have to be mindful of people that are also gonna give back to you. So um, yeah, I, boundaries, 
doing my own ritual of what I do of, and then just listen, allow people to show you who they are. And not every relationship is going to be a give and take immediately, right? Sometimes people are going through it. My first few years here in Vietnam, I had to heal from what happened in Taiwan and I just needed to be depressed and sad and anxious, but you wouldn't know it on the outside. I had to show up to my job, be happy, but then to my close friends that lived around the world, I was like, man, I'm going through it and I just mm. had to go through it, right? So yeah, my advice is boundaries. Um, knowing what you're going to say yes to and no to like what are your non-negotiables yeah that's key that's right because key. it's fun when you get you get out with a bunch of friends yep. mates or whatever and you're like yeah and they're like we're going to the next one and you want to be a part of it yeah, it's fun yeah. it's so fun but if you know the next day you have to be productive you've got to You've got to work out which one you value more. Like, do you value this night or do you value next day's productivity? Which yeah. one more? Yeah, and like, see who your friends are. And, and you know, I, something that I love about, about me and my friends back in California is whenever anyone comes to the door, we're like, yeah, good to see you. Like, we are, we are on each other's, like, we're rooting for you. Mm. That's my, my circle gets smaller as I got older, but I have the best friends in the world. Like I have an amazing tribe of human beings, my family and my friends calling me out in my shit and then cheering me on and supporting me and giving me good advice, sometimes bad advice, <laughs> but it's like they care. For you sure. know, if I were to die tomorrow, let's please not die. But if I were to die tomorrow, man, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. What yeah. do you think of concepts such as manifestation and the secret? Because I have a mixed view, really, where I mm -hmm. think that they are important and there is something to them. I wouldn't dismiss straight away. But I think the energy is the bit that, the bit that I'm slightly skeptical of, where I think you have to include the energy. Where, for example, affirmations, where if you just stand by a mirror and say, I am powerful, I am powerful, but with absolutely no energy behind it, then I feel it's futile. But if you put all of your energy into genuinely believing and putting yourself on that vibration that you are powerful, then I think you ultimately will be. It's just a case of reflecting it in that. Can you talk to me a bit more about manifestation and your views on it? Yeah. Um, that yellow book mm. right up there, it's Abraham Hicks. Ah, yes, yes. Aspen yeah. is given the law of attraction, right? Yeah. I have affirmations all around my house. But here's the thing. Uh, you know, all these spiritual people that have now exploded since COVID. Like everyone's found their, their way, the woo. Manifestation is real. Um, thoughts become things, thoughts become things. Yeah. So choose your thoughts wisely. Um, I do believe that manifestation can happen, but it's not just about me standing in the mirror and being like, Holly, you are amazing. Holly, you will have this sound dome. Da -da -da -da. It's about action too. Yeah. Where you put your energy, things grow, but it has to come with action. Yeah. So yeah, I can journal, I can write, but if I'm only going to journal and say it out loud, but I'm not going to put one foot in front of the other and create it, then bam. One of my things, after two years, kind of just not being social, just... I was like, ah, oh, there's not good genuine people here. And I was like, well, Hall, then create it. 
create it. Stop talking about it. And that's when I had to check myself. Well, you're just keep, there are people here, but you're just not going out and making it happen. So that's Soulful Saturdays. Okay, you're not going to drink anymore. So these friends are still your friends, but you're not going to be doing a lot because you're choosing to change. You can't expect them to change. Absolutely. So you got to change. So that's a direct reflection of me being like, all right, I need to manifest a tribe of people. Because I still have my fun friends, man. Like, we still go to seafood and have some beers. But I primarily like to eat vegetables, not so much meat. You know, that's been my life for the last 10 years. But I saw myself changing because I was hanging out with this crew of people. And I was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? What are you doing? Wait, check in with yourself. But there's not a lot of conscious people here. Yes, there are. So create it. That sound is my cat biting <laughs> my couch. Anyone that has cats. This is a shout out. Anyone wants to live in my home for six weeks, yeah. it's available. Just keep my cat alive, my plants <laughs> alive. Um, so yeah, action. Action and energy. You can't have just one. You have to have both. That's Absolutely. my thought. Yeah. I love the fact you mentioned that I had a similar experience of being here a year and thinking, oh, there's not that many people who understand me. I'd like to think I don't understand myself. I have to go on that journey. I have to create a platform that will allow me to connect with my like-minded individuals. That was the foundations of Comeback. And it was only when I had that personal accountability slash responsibility where I put the mirror to me and thought, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not putting my energy anywhere near where I want to be. I'm putting it with people I don't really want to be around in a space I don't really want to be and I'm not going for what I really think could happen and it was a very painful moment you know when you look in the mirror and yeah. realize that you're not doing what you should yeah but I feel like you need the humility to just accept that you're getting it wrong and then make a change and then take action but it's hard right this is the number one thing people are not honest with themselves we cherry pick what we want to believe we so cherry pick because sometimes we're like but, but, and it's like, you know what you need to change. And someone like myself that is nonstop moving, always doing something, I have to sit down and be honest with myself. One, you can't do it all, young love. Small things. I'm a jack of all trades. I can do so many things. So many things. You want to go shoot hoops? Oh, I can, I can school you on the basketball, but then I all can, can sit and meditate and do sound, you know? be honest with yourself Oof. and no one wants to sit with that no and here's the thing too now that we were locked indoors for for two years a lot of people got a big dose of that but now that we're out and about like what, what we were saying about that taco festival it was yeah. like whew, saigon's back right and i just saw people but i could feel it energetically that a lot of people were anxious but not wanting to admit it because it was our first time out, kind of masks off, yeah, enjoying yeah. delicious tacos, man. Let's talk about the Saigon food. I'm, I'm primarily vegetarian, vegan, but man, how, how can you be just that here because yeah. the food is so good. It's fantastic. The street food. My balmy lady right out here, the Boon Tik Noon, the Boon Cha. It's incredible, right? Yeah, I like you said that about the Taka Festival because I'm still taking my mind back to 1st, 2nd of October when I thought there was going to be this moment of euphoria once the four-month lockdown was over. We'd all be dancing on the street and street parties. And I remember being so flat. I remember coming out and being able to drive around past 6 p.m., which was enormous at the time. 
And I thought, if you'd have asked me back in July, I'd have said, the first thing I'm going to do is go straight to the pub and I'm going to invite everyone and we're going to go out all night. And that night I genuinely drove around Taldien at about 8pm and was like, right, home now. Because it was just like, it was overwhelming, to be honest, going back into quote-unquote normality and thinking, wow, this isn't the euphoria I thought. It gave me, I guess, perspective for a lot of things where I think often we make things in our mind much bigger than they actually are, for good or for bad. Like this could be the we think it's the best thing in the world. We think it's the worst thing in the world. In reality, it's neither. It's just good or bad depending on our interpretation. That was what lockdown really taught me. Mm, the stories we create. Yeah, exactly. The stories yeah. we create and the meanings and that are attached to them as a result. Oh God! And it's like we have to remember as much as we're inside our head, fussing over our story. So does everyone else. They're not thinking about you. They don't give a shit about you. It's okay. Yeah. Right? It's okay. Now, I had this conversation, not in that way, but with my little kids that I teach. I'm like, it's okay. They don't really care. You know? And kids are the perfect example. They get into a fight with each other. Gen- and then generally, they're over it. Then a few minutes, and they're playing together. But as we, get, as we become older, we like hold on to it. Why? Because we want it to be real. It's part of the story we told ourselves. Yeah. I was right. I think a lot of it is that feeling of I was right, like yeah, being so desperate to be right. I've noticed a lot of issues that I've seen myself and others have are that desperation to be right. And even if you if you could cut that off, it would be okay. But just that real desire for external ego validation that you have to be quote unquote right is so strong that we can't just let something subside. And when you have a perception of someone, mm. right? And then... And then they're not who you thought they were, but you're going to try to find some way. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah, that's the box that I sometimes get put in, yeah. is people just think that I'm a sound fairy. I'm like, no, I'm many different facets of a human being. Yeah. You know? Have you read the book, The Four Agreements? Of course. Yeah. I think number one is... Sorry, it's number don't two. Assume. Don't assume. Yeah. Uh, don't assume. Don't take anything personally. Be impeccable with your word. Always do your best. I think it's be impeccable with your word that gives this example of, I think it's a professor, they go to class on the very first day of school and someone says, oh, the professor's a dick. He marks girls down rather than guys, for example. I I think that's the analogy. There might be another one where basically Mm. the professor's biased and suddenly that person has the thought in their mind that the professor's not a great professor or he's biased, etc. And then that leads into another one. So every lecture they have with a professor, they think somehow the professor is warped that builds and builds and builds and builds. Mm. They fail the class. It's the professor's fault because of this, 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 and this. Reality, they just built an absolute mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's actually going back to responsibility when you take that mirror and put it on yourself for your perception of someone else. For example, if I came to this interview and thought you were just a sound fairy and I was surprised, and maybe let's let's use the word disappointed. If Mm -hmm. sometimes people disappoint us because they don't live up to our perceptions, it's my responsibility for my perception why did i think that person was that that's my fault (laughs) and here's the secret to life don't give a fuck don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) it's great it's great i mean i but then you have to say that isn't the secret of life the secret of life is people's perception of you is just their perception of themselves what does that say yeah yeah. but you know like i do care about what my good friends have to say about what I'm doing. I do care because then I know that they care about me and love me and they're going to give me honest feedback. And if 
if I say who I say I am, a growth mindset human being, then I'm going to want to hear that. But if it's some Joe Schmo who wants to leave a comment on my IG post or someone that just met me out at a bar or someone that is uh, also a sound healer and thinks that I should be this way, I don't give a fuck, right? Mm. If it's my family or someone that like I really value, I'm like, you know what? Mm. And here's something that I started doing. Do you want to hear my opinion or do you want my feedback? Asking first. Asking, because so many people nowadays are so quick to be like, I'm like, oh, come say it to my face. (laughs) Ah, really? I may be five foot two, but I pack a punch, honey. And I, yeah, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm just a gym teacher and a sound fairy. Oh, I'm much more. Don't assume. But people are, we're all working progress. And as Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home. Home meaning yeah back to the earth exactly yeah that's it we're all a part of each other's story for some reason or another so when someone really gets to me or that word triggers me i'm like "Ooh, you're my teacher what do i have to learn from this interaction exactly yeah like, right but why that's does hard. it trigger oh yeah definitely right? yeah, yeah am i hungry am i dehydrated because <laughs> i'm in saigon am i in stuck in traffic yeah, yeah. I'm like, how is that guy my teacher, man? He almost crashed into me. Yeah. But I'm like, he is. He's testing your patience. And you have all the tools in your toolbox, young love, to keep cool, to stay zen. And here you are, flipping the bird, yelling some swear word that he doesn't even understand. And you're just causing stress and anxiety in yourself. Yeah. So. Again, turning it back to you, of thinking, yeah. oh, what can this teach me rather than going oh fuck you then yeah. it's, a, it's a tricky one though like, I must admit yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had a few ta- cases where I've been tested and then I'll, I'll straight away my ego will go and I'll tell them they're a dick and I'll go what? no no hold back hold yeah, back yeah. No. because sometimes when people are so angry and upset if you just stop like when a, when a child is upset or really angry or acting out the first few things I think are have you had water today are you hungry did you sleep last night and it's usually one of those things they're not, their, they're not them best selves. Yeah, they're yeah. tiny little people that have only been on this planet for five years. Yeah. They're not supposed to know how to act. But you, my friend, are 38. You've been here for a little while. Yeah. You, don't you practice <laughs> all the practices. You, you're human. But your profession is you're supposed to help guide people. And that's my nine to five. And that is my being a friend, being, you know, someone that works with sound um i have to pause put the mirror to my face and be like are you being the best version of yourself and some days i come home and i'm like fuck all this shit i've had it i've had it with the world right and then i'm like you're having a moment (laughs) chill out right but that's hard it's very hard because for some reason it feels really good to be angry sometimes it can be gratifying Yeah, yeah 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 I definitely see the appeal. Yeah. Right, but then at the end of the day, I think all of us are just searching for one thing, is to feel joy, to feel love, to just be at ease. That's it. Yeah, for Right, sure. to be seen. To be heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, <laughs> right as to we're be here. heard. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And there's a book that came up there when we talked about the concept of advice where if it's a good friend or a family member, then you would take their advice, of course, because you, because you care about them and you love them and you have that bond, you will take it. But if it is like a Joe Smo on the internet, you'll think, "Fuck you," 
It's about realizing that everyone will have their perceptions and advice to give you, but it's only based on their experience, mm -hmm. as in what they would do. And if you admire traits in them, or you have something that you would like to emulate, then listen and maybe take note. But if it's someone that you wouldn't want to, stay well clear. Yeah. That's my, that's my kind of Well, people philosophy. can only meet you at the level of consciousness of where they're at. Yeah, exactly. Right? So don't expect certain friends to have deep and meaningful conversations with you about certain topics if they're not there yet. It's not their fault. They're not there, but maybe you could spark a little ember in their fire to be like, hey, what are you talking about, Connor? You, what? You know, and be like, you have to meet them at their level. Because yeah. if you are at your level and it's a few levels above them, you're never going to get them. But if you just meet them at their level and then allow them to come join you. Yeah, it's like expecting someone else to change and then being disappointed when they don't. Like, of yeah, course they yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, a, I had a guy and his wife... And it was his, it, uh, I, I, I have males come too, but I um, had a couple come because I do a couple sessions and he came for the first time ever doing sound. And, you know, I'm not going to be like spewing off all this stuff, but we had a good conversation of getting to know one another and then had a beautiful session together with his wife here, just watching, being supportive. Um, she's one of my Reiki clients, um, but it was wonderful So meet people where they're at. You know, I'm, I'm not spewing off sound stuff with kiddos. Yeah, yeah. I play sound for my kids all the time and we do meditation and stuff. And um, it's amazing. Kids, they just give you the honest feedback right away. Right. OK. Yeah. You know, my body's like outside. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah. I, was I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. I'm like, OK. And that's important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like if they're, say, five years old, there's no point going, oh, yeah, but, you know, this will heal you at life. No, just let them play. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask how kids react to that. Oh, they I, love it. Yeah, they love, love it. it. Nice. Well, of course, because they like hitting things, <laughs> right? If you touch that up there, right. just uh, that, yeah. Yeah, so they Ooh. love these little chimes. Yeah, it's a little sound tree. You can actually hit the cylinder. Nice. This one? Uh, the big one. Oh, wow. Yeah, the elements. Yeah. I can imagine, like, if I was a five-year-old child, I would love if my teacher came in with this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. And um, uh, kids don't mind the sound of their own voice. Yes. Like adults, yeah, you know? Yeah. So they're just belting off. And, you know, when I... Mm, they'll hum with the bowls. Because the yeah. best sound healing instrument that we all have is our voice. And the easiest thing that someone can do, this is John, John, Jonathan Goldman. He's like the pioneer of sound healing now, right, in this era. Um, he's, he's incredible. You, you, you can look him up. He has this great uh, chakra meditation that's for free, and it's all the sounds. It's so great. But anyways, humming. So if we just hum, mm, that's sending vibrations through your entire body, and it's unique to you. Right? Yeah. So then yeah. when you like start, like that's a Shruti box right there that my yeah. phone's on. It's like you start to learn different tones. That's pretty cool. Damn, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really neat. So that I would have people nice. stand in that bowl. I'd whack it. And then I'd be like, what noise do you want to make? Like what wants to come out of your body? So that was one of my morning meditations. Right. Stand in it and then just allow my body to like moan and scream sometimes and yell and then I feel good absolutely is there a 
I guess, a preferred destination you'd like to go with the sound healing, as in... Hawaii. Right, okay, okay, yeah. I already know it. Uh, my dream, so you talk about manifestation, then this will happen one day. I mean, I want it to be between the mountains and the sea, and, and um, my former partner is in Hawaii, and I had the opportunity to maybe go there, and then I decided to stay in Vietnam. So that's why I'm single. But... Uh, yeah, between the mountains and the sea, I want to have my own home that I can host people to come to. I want to have my own sound dome next to my home where I can have all my instruments set up. I have thunder drums, ocean drums, ukulele, everything. And um, just hold fun workshops and sound baths and invite guest artists to come. And then I can just walk to the sea and walk to the mountains. Yeah, it will happen one day. I'm not sure where. Hawaii would be amazing, yeah. but it's freaking expensive, man. It's really expensive there. But then I'd be in America, right? Right, yeah. It's the best place to live. America. In America. Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii in America. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That local culture, that's magical. Yeah, I've never been to America, like, full stop, so I would love to. And I don't even know where I would America's begin. America's cool. You yeah, should yeah. just rent a van, buy a crappy van, make it into your home. The van culture there is huge now because yeah, it's become imagine. so expensive to live there. People <laughs> are living in boats in San Francisco, you know, and yeah, yeah. getting in vans and just like, you know, gas prices is a little crazy, but hey, um, I just watched Valley Uprising. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, good. Okay. It's good. Do you like rock climbing? Uh, to a point, yeah. So it's to about point, like yeah. those dirt bags like back in the 70s and 80s that just lived off the fringe and they just moved to Yosemite and just their life was about climbing. Right. I see. You know, this is before yeah. like permits and stuff to go to the national parks in America, but Yosemite is amazing. I've never been. But me and one of my really, really good friends were going to go hike El Capitan and go backpacking for like eight days and just nice. be in the wilderness. So I watched it last night to get stoked for our trip. Excellent. So good. It's what America used to be like. But America had its beautiful landscape. And the American dream can be, you know, for anybody that wants it, it can be, but it's better if you have some money <laughs> to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, it's like the balancing, it's yeah, the balancing point I referred to earlier of, um, like, for example, I've met some people in the spiritual field mm. who be, it's all about your energy, it's all about what you like. It's like, yeah, but we, we, we live in this in like material world, so money does help. Like, if you know if you combine the two, <laughs> yeah. It I does. really, like, going back to what I mentioned earlier, like, having a bit of both. Like, yeah, I'm all for, you know, spending weeks up in the mountains without, say, like, let's say pleasurable pursuits I'm fine with that but a bit of money as well like, you know balance it out it's all the balancing act yeah it's hard to live in the world I mean is it possible yes absolutely but <laughs> unfortunately the society has turned into a capitalistic society I mean look at here right I mean and everywhere your life is pretty good. I mean, our lives are pretty good here. They are indeed. As Vietnam. expats, yeah. you know, but I couldn't live the way that I live, you know, in yeah. America. And I know that. And that's mainly why I'm here. I, I like kind of this comfortable, amazing life. If I had an apartment like this in New York City, you crazy? This would be like $8,000 yeah. Exactly. Money. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere, actually. Yeah. So it is a balance. Um, yeah. It is. 
And that's why we're doing the Soulful Saturdays too, because I've, I've been in the woo culture for a while now, and it, it was it was a little intense with the Lululemon yoga pants and the, the funny, funky poses. And I get it. Yeah, I've been teaching yoga for a while. I'm actually in a yoga training right now, and I'm I love it. But it's do your yoga on your mat and then take it with you off the mat. And what I realized in doing teacher trainings, like teaching people how to be yoga teachers, um, I realized that people would just come, do their 30-day, 200-hour course, then leave, and then say, yeah, I'm a yoga teacher, and go teach yoga, but then not take the tools with them in daily life. Right. Whatever okay. you learn yeah, yeah. on the mat with yourself, and yoga is just union with your breath and your movement, and it's a moving meditation. Um, yeah, apply it to your daily life. I'm saying you can still be your own human, but it was just becoming a take a fun photo of me in this pose. Yeah, and I'm yeah. vegan. I'm a vegan vegetarian. It's like okay, yeah, cool. If you want that to be who you are fantastic and I just needed to take a little break yeah for sure yeah, yeah no I love that aspect of actually like practicing what you preach in a way yeah yeah like actually bring it into the areas rather than whoop this is me put it on Instagram a few <laughs> likes wait yeah. yeah that's the hard part though because then you, you feel like you've done the hard bit and actually I guess completing a course mm -hmm. but then when you actually have to apply it daily when nobody can see that's when you think ah oh, fuck well, you, I think if you're a pretty good read of a person you can tell Right, okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, because look at me. I'm still saying, yelling at people when I'm riding on my bike yeah. here in Ho Chi Minh. It's like, yeah, we have our flaws, but who are they consistently? Who are yeah, they showing exactly. up as yeah, consistently? Yeah, yeah we're gonna all going to have bad days. Yeah. But who are you? You know, that first question you asked. Yeah, I asked that really towards the beginning, which was weird. I usually ask that, say, halfway through. Yeah. When we've warmed up a bit and talked about, like, the background, etc. But I felt compelled to at the beginning. I don't yeah. exactly know why, yeah. I think we just spoke about the concept of Holly, and I was just like, yeah, who is yeah, Holly? Who and just is Holly? Threw it out there. There was a question one of my friends asked me. I work with a dear friend here. He's my best friend here, mm. James. Um, and uh, he asked me, uh, what, what are you proud of? Or what have you achieved? What are you proud of that you've achieved? He asked me this question a few weeks ago, and I'm still sitting on it, you know? And I think one of the biggest achievements for me right now in the past few years is coming out of a really hard time in Taiwan where I think it was the first time I've faced adversity. Okay. And that's pretty damn good that I was like 37 or well, maybe 36, 35. Mm. My first time. Okay. And that's when you know that you're a privileged white For woman. Sure. Yeah. Right? Can I ask you what this incident was in Taiwan? Yeah, I worked at a really awesome school. Um, and there was just, um, I won't say too much, yeah, but okay. there was like kind of, uh, I, I had to resign from my job halfway through the school year and it rocked me pretty hard because I felt like it was very unfair the way that everything went down and how I was treated and who I emulate as an educator. And I still believe to this day I was doing the right thing. But when it comes to, mm, I don't want to say males in education, but typically, yeah, males in education, they like to flex their arms. And if you are a female and you come back at them, you're questioning their power and you're questioning their ego. Right. So I had one of those moments and I didn't step down. And uh, 
you know, and then it was a cultural thing too. So because I didn't step down and they saw that, I had the opportunity to resign. Right, I see. But it rocked me because I've always been like a stellar professional. Yeah, right? sure. Like yeah. always like, yeah, presenting at conferences, doing this, helping the kids. And then all of a sudden I was made out to be a insubordinate okay. human being. And right. I was like, no, I just brought to light some things that were going on. And if you want to put it under the rug, I ain't going to let you. I see. So when you're threatening maybe a reputation or something like that, yeah. then you realize that you are so indispensable and that contracts mean shit. Right? Right, yeah. You're like, you, like you realize that, wow, hmm. It was the first kind of... It, life reared its really ugly head and this, and this isn't the first time i've had uh challenges challenges of course yeah. not but this one was like wow my livelihood yeah dude i was expecting to have a job for two years now i have no job i have to dip into my savings fuck and i have to leave the country so this is how stubborn this aquarius is right, who's like okay. a rebel a humanitarian yeah, yeah. It's like fuck you i'm staying in taiwan so i lived with friends who are actually just kind of face something similar at that same school mm. they're moving here Saigon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so i i lived with doug and andy in one room and yeah i worked as a english teacher for a little while got to experience that life and then James and Marie were like, yo, we're looking for a PE teacher. And I was like, what? And I was in <laughs> Thailand at that time I doing teaching mindfulness right, at okay. a school, the yeah, British yeah. International School, actually, and uh, doing sound and teaching about that. So I created my own little business yeah, a few yeah. years ago. So and people were like, oh, you're a teacher and you do this? Like, yeah. And I'm very charismatic, so you'll right, hire sure. me. Um, and then I landed the job here. But when I came here, I realized... I hadn't healed from what happened. I was just on overdrive of trying to figure my life out. Uh, so when okay, I landed yeah. here, it all hit me. And I was like, what am I doing teaching again? Why am I working again for mm. schools? Yeah. Right? So I had to like... Yeah. Go through that journey. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really... People just started to understand who I was. Uh, through lockdown warriors that we did during yeah, the lockdown. Yeah. So I was one of the teachers with oh, Sasha. Cool. Yeah. Her and I worked together. Oh, nice. And we did this, uh, I think we did three different sessions or four different sessions of lockdown warriors. We did right, like yeah. yoga twice a day, some yeah. sound healing, all these different things for people. I think I was online on one of those. Did you do an online Zoom session? Yeah. You would have done, yeah. I think I was on one of those. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I did the other one with Jorge, I think, as oh, well. Oh, yeah, Jorge's yeah. great. Yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember those. You sessions. know everybody now. Yeah, it seems it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I started trying to interview well, half the city, and there yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. It is. We'll probably know more people as well. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. I'm trying to think about this Taiwan experience because I'm just related to my own life. I guess yeah. I, I have held bitterness. I'll be completely honest. Where things have happened to me that weren't necessarily fair, but and I've kind of over the next couple of years went, "Ah, oh, that's a joke. That shouldn't have happened." Rather than letting it go. How'd you do that? I well, here's the thing. I there's two sides of it. Well, one, they they were just doing what was so. In the beginning, I was like really distraught and really angry, and like threw back a few bottles of vodka during that time. <laughs> let's just say, yeah. Thank you to some good friends. Taiwan's awesome, but like I, mm, 
I think one day I'll be at a teacher conference and I'll be presenting who I am because I'm a good educator and they will be in the crowd. This is like my secret like comeback. They'll yeah. be in the crowd hearing me speak and they're not going to realize that it's Holly Younglove presenting and I'm going to go up on that podium and I'm going to see him in the audience and I'm just going to give him this look. But then the other side of me is like, nah, they were just doing what they thought was right. You are some gym teacher to some people. You're a person that's an athlete, throws around balls, but you're, you're more than that and you know that. So when you see them next, wherever you see them in the professional world, um, because they also affected me of, I didn't get a few jobs when I applied for jobs. Right, of course, yeah. Like I was the final person and then they're like, we just got a call and I told them about the incident. They're like, thank you for letting us know. I was like, yeah, but you don't understand. This person does not like me. And he was like, it's okay, we know who you are. And then I'm like, okay, I didn't get the job. So these individuals, I think, are trying to burn me. So that also has a little extra. Mm. You're fucking with someone's life. Yeah, My yeah. livelihood of how I make money. Fuck you. So you can tell in my just energy change that I'm still something I have to deal with. But I hope that when I do see them or someone talks about it, I can come at it with a little bit more kindness and just be like, hey, I know you had to do what you had to do. Um, and it's just water under the bridge. You can forgive because that's about you. But you shouldn't forget. Yeah, no, You shouldn't forget because you don't want to make the same mistake again. And I tell you what, that experience taught me so much. It taught me a lot about my weaknesses. It taught me that at the end of the day, power sometimes will always win in a way. Like sometimes you're up against forces that you have no control. So what's the only thing you can control is your own self. Yeah, yeah. And you have to look out for yourself especially at some of these schools where it's for profit and it's nah they're gonna take care of them you're just another teacher there's plenty of them look at them all who do you meet here that's not a teacher i actually meet quite a few from you the did. podcast okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before, before pre-podcast I, everyone was a teacher literally. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 can i ask would you erase this experience no not at all yeah. that, that, not that, at all because that, yeah. i think um uh, I'm not going to go into depth because I don't think I can actually talk about it, but oh, it happened to middle school students and one of the students was really upset. She's like, I wish I would have never told you. And I was like, no, I'm so happy you had the courage to tell me. Yes, you need to speak out about this. I hope that those, that group of, 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 of girls uh, realizes that I was being a strong woman and like looking out for them, right? Because it, it kind of, it was hard for them too, mm. right? Um, but I hope that like, no, I don't regret it because it taught me so much what it was to be kind of what my job is supposed to do is protect children. That's my job. Exactly. It's my number one job. Now, what is it in New York City? It's like in Los, in Locos Parentes. It's uh, in place of the parents. That's what we are. When you go to school, these children are just children. They're away from home. So you become their parents temporarily for the hours that they're at school. You have to treat them as if they're your own children. We're the adults. They're the little ones. So I learned so much. Um, I think it made me a better human being. It made me understand business in a way. It made me understand that you are irreplaceable. 
it made me understand maybe what an ounce of what it would feel like to be someone who is judged by their ethnicity, their color of their skin, you know, like, and mm. that's just because I'm a female, right? So I get that anyways. I think to be a white male, you are the supreme race. I'd agree. You know? Yeah. So it, it really, it made me sit and check myself, check my privilege and everything. Um, I wouldn't change it because now I understand the game. And I, and I think that once you understand the game of life, you have a leg up. There's so many educators that I meet that yeah. are so enthusiastic and you never want to kill that fire. But you just want, you want to tell them, just be smart. Don't be like me. Yeah. Think that you can save the world. Because if you rock the boat and you're rocking the boat of somebody that could potentially get in trouble, you're fucking with them, they're going to get you. You know, like, you have to play the game. No matter how kind humans are, if you are threatening their livelihood and they can save themselves but get rid of you, sorry, honey, it's the way it goes for everything. So that lesson taught me so many things mainly how to play the game i was so naive mm. and, how to, yeah, and how to play the game you find out by being hurt by the game i guess oh yeah. yeah well like we said we just make mistakes right when we are too comfortable we're not learning that much it's okay to be comfortable yes live a life of ease but when something really rock your rocks your boat listen i think that the universe is always sending us messages if we're willing to be honest and listen is up to us absolutely right yeah because taiwan is dope i so want to go back there and live man it is such a cool country with really amazing people but i think my time's done there yeah i think it's important to know like when a chapter is closed and when the new one opens and what it holds for you like knowing when to leave the party can be a crucial element yeah i the relationship yep the job, the relationship, the party, so many different things. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily comment too much because I wasn't there and I don't know. But if that doesn't happen, maybe you don't end up in Vietnam with this beautiful apartment and this beautiful job and livelihood, etc. You never know how you things go. You never know. Yeah. You never know. For sure. For sure. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful. But it, if, it's hard. Yeah, it's of hard. Of course. Of course, yeah, yeah. Like, but this yeah. is nothing compared to uh, what some dear friends of mine face here. If you're black here, if you're a person of color here, if you're like, come on, I mean, think about it. It's like we live in a country where it's like, I, it's hard to find lotion that doesn't have whitening in it. Right? So it's like, you're very different here. And um, I sit in class because I co-teach with James. And, you know, in the beginning, when we were co-teaching together, people would say, ew, but, you're, but your skin is so black. Ew, you know, they don't know, but where are they getting that from? They're just kids. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. Right? It's, so, it's been passed down from somewhere. But it's so beautiful that um, James has been with our school because now these kids have their own perception of what a person of color, just another, another person, and they get to change the narrative, right? And that's what's so cool about Ho Chi Minh is it's changing so quickly. Yeah incredibly quickly right yeah. and like the younger Vietnamese are like breaking traditions which of course traditions are beautiful but they're just wanting more you know yeah but yeah 
So that's my comeback. It was really hard. Yeah, but you you came back. That's the key. Like I, I t- spoke to you off air briefly about like the comeback ethos, and it is how you come back because anyone can talk about how hard done by they were and how difficult a time it was for them. I can vent and unload, but the key is the other side. Like eventually, and this might sound harsh, but you do have to move on from whatever situation it is. And I don't want to speak too too much on that because I know that from some people they've faced perhaps very traumatic events but eventually you have to make the comeback Mm. and in whatever way that manifests whether you Mm. move country whether you try something different Mm. whether you stay in the same place but get a new career who knows how you make the comeback but it's just what you do with it and the slogan of the show is the comeback beats the setback often it can lead you to something that you were perhaps destined to now I'm here with you in my exactly living room yeah yeah in this beautiful apartment and uh lady buddha is right across there in that home oh okay yeah is that coincidence actually in 2019 when i decided to move to vietnam i went i came here from taiwan moved my stuff and then i went back home and when i was back home i was with one of my best friends and we were at this place called harbin hot springs and in california there's crazy fires right so harbin hot springs is old school hot springs in Northern California, really beautiful, but it got attacked and burnt down by fire. And the only place that didn't burn was this fig tree. And there was, it was safe, a ring around the fig tree and the lady Buddha was sitting underneath. And she wow. The fig t- tree and her didn't burn. So now, you know, we're there. It opened summer 2019. We're there. And, um, I'm 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 up there and it's it's a naked hot spring and I was in the cold plunge after like the hot and then you can sit and meditate in front of this lady Buddha and this older gentleman came and sat down next to me and I'm just meditating and he was like saying she's powerful and I was like yeah he's like sit here and make a wish so then when I walked into this apartment the first time and I saw her I was like I'll take it I didn't even know how much it was going to be. I yeah, didn't, yeah. I mean, I saw the tub in pictures, but this is where we walked in. And I was like, this is my new home. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, something felt right. So, like I say, like, be honest with yourself. Keep your eyes open. And, I, you know, most of the messages will come to you. Mostly from within. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about sound is you don't have to say anything to me during a session. Your body tells me everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we're just energetic beings, and when you're playing music, your body is going to interact with it, and then that shows me where to go. Excellent. I love it. What does success represent to you? I know that's a bit... Happiness. Awful. Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness. That I'm doing what I want to do. That's what do makes I you wanna, happy. Yeah. yeah like... I do enjoy my job. My, my, school, my school is cute, um, and I like it. Do I want to get paid more? Of course. Who doesn't? But then I get to come home, and I get to play sound, and um, happiness is, yeah, I think that's success. I'm happy. I'm healthy, you know? I mean, I spent four hours in the hospital today. Yeah. I had to get blood drawn. I had to do all this stuff, and... I knew that I was okay, but after 10 days of being pretty sick, I was like, let me just go make sure it's not bacteria. Of course, yeah. So I've been doing a bunch of healing on my own. My friends are like, you got to go to the doctor. I was like, just give my body time. It will adjust. I do all this stuff. 
<laughs> I need to make sure it works. Let yeah, me just, yeah. just chill. And I went today and everything's fine. And I'm actually on the road to recovery. And I'm Congratulations. Like, yeah, yeah, thank you. I just have a little bit of low sodium and whatever, something electrolytes and yeah. whatever. We'll something fix. that it can be rectified. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I was so grateful today. I mean, VinMac is a private hospital. Yeah, okay. It's expensive, but I have health insurance. Um, I can be seen today. Yeah, so yeah, wow. So I was just like grateful. I mean, it took forever, but um, I was like, wow. This is so cool. In America, when people have injuries, you need to take a loan out. Yeah, exactly. To get, but you mean you yeah. don't know what I'm talking about because you guys yeah. have free healthcare. Yeah, indeed. But I'm aware from American friends and colleagues, etc. Yeah. Dude, I remember like going to family medical and paying, and I was like, "Oh, you have to pay for stuff." And then it was, but then I realized the cost of what I pay here versus America is. Expensive. There's other places. Yeah. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, yeah. I suppose, Holly, coming towards the end of the conversation, I only really have one question left, and it's putting, I guess, the emphasis on you. Has there been a question that I've not asked you that you would have wanted me to, or expected? Ooh. Where do you see yourself in five years? I could have asked that. So, where do you see yourself in five years, Holly Younglove? Well, this is. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, that just, I mean, I didn't really think about it that long. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I had um, 17 days of isolation at the beginning of January and uh, of seeing nobody. It was incredible. I thought I'd go nuts, but I had fun on my IG doing stupid videos and playing sound and doing all this stuff. But I got to think about that. I'm like, well, what am I doing with my life? And how, yes, I'm happy here. I could be here for a while, but what do I really want to do? So where do you see myself in five years? I'll be 43, 44. And I hope to be living in my own home that I own, whether it be a van. (laughs) No, (laughs) I I want it to be. Uh, between the mountains and the sea and I want to have my own sound dome and I want to have space and I want to feel abundant in all areas um, and so I can share more of this craft so I can have visitors from all over the world who I've become friends with and I want to be having consistent community right because I'm Tonight, after we get done with this, I'm going to maybe say goodbye to Nayantara and another friend who's leaving tomorrow night in a flight. Um, that's the hard thing about being a transient traveler. Yeah. You know, is all these amazing... Can you just mute that? All these amazing people. Um, I want to be building community. Um... Yeah, so in five years, I want to be in my own home with my sound dome, preferably with a partner who is interested in building a similar dream or we support each other. And I'm happy and I have a family. And if that means with dogs and Chester the cat will probably still be around, right? He's only, yeah. who knows how old he is. He's a foster cat. Um, I think he's two. Um, and just, yeah, being in service. Um, and maybe I'll still get to travel, so that would be home base. And then I want to do some charity work in India, uh, where I used to live for a while. And uh, maybe, maybe still teaching, maybe, but in a different capacity. 
teaching people sound. That's what I do. That's my main thing. If you want to learn sound healing, can I do a, a plug? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fire away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. No, but I, I, I'm kind of shifting away from doing individual sound sessions because right, it's okay. like two hours. It's hard for me to do it just an hour. Yeah, I bet. Um, the person just calling was my acupuncturist. She's one yeah. of my good friends. I saw, I Yvonne, saw last week. <laughs> Yvonne is the best acupuncturist in Saigon. I went last week. It was amazing. To Yvonne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's incredible. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. so good. Yeah, I saw her. I was like, wow, there's another link, another person we know. <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's been trying. She, I, I've been doing therapy with her. It's called Emotion Code. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah? Well, I, I did one session, yeah. I mixed the two, acupuncture and emotional code. I knew as well. It was incredible. It's so crazy what the yeah. subconscious mind holds on to. Yeah. Anyways, I so I'm teaching people how to incorporate sound into their daily life. So I do like an introduction to sound healing. So preferably if you have bowls, that's great. But if you don't, that's totally fine too. But that's what I want to move into. Now during lockdown, I was like, all right, I got to create an online course because everyone had an online course. Yeah. I took like many online courses. I was like, cool, I can do this. But I'm more, I want to be with you and, you know, but that's what I'm moving towards. So that and doing fun events like Soulful Saturdays. Um, I'm going up to Hanoi next weekend. Excellent. We're doing a waterfall retreat with my friend Mai. This is our fourth retreat together. Lovely. She's amazing. Flying Mai is her name. She's up in Hanoi. Beautiful human being. She's doing a lot to her company is called New Mantra Retreats. She has a great story. Um, and her partner is Irish. Oh, cool. He's a DJ or something and an English teacher, I think. Nice. But the Irish, I feel like. <laughs> British, yeah, I'm kind of Irish. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Irish. Yeah. Is they're always happy. Yeah. They're always happy. There's not, you're not complaining. You're just, it's always a good time. Yeah. yeah. Usually involving a lot of alcohol, but it's still <laughs> fun. It's yeah. like always oh, really happy people. Yeah. So I love playing sound for anyone that wants to hear it, experience it, um, try it out. Um, and I love teaching it. So hopefully in my next five years, you'll find me in my home. You can call me and be like, hey, Holly, remember that one podcast? Yeah. Like, yes, Connor, come stay. Yeah. That would right? be amazing. Yeah. Come and I'm going to have maybe horses or something and... I want to invite guest artists and you come and you share your thing. Come and invite people to come and you make money as you're traveling around the world. That's what I want to do. That would be immense. Yeah, yeah. I love hosting people. That would be incredible. Yeah, so I hope to be this like, I don't know, fun little hippie. I <laughs> never have to wear shoes again. That would be lovely. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just want to have a job where I don't have to clock in and someone tells me when I have to have lunch and... Right? Isn't that true freedom? Yeah, that's the aim. It's a lot of work, but I think it's doable. It's possible. Absolutely, with the right mindset, which I think you have. Thank you very much, Holly. I've really enjoyed it, and all the very best with your future endeavors. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, thank you. Thank you.